In today's show, we're looking ahead to Monday in the NBA, who we can stream in, what we're watching for, some injury updates, and of course, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. So we're going to look ahead to Monday's games in the NBA. We're going to pay attention to things. I'm going to talk about what I'm paying attention to and what I think you should pay attention to, as well as streaming options. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, first game is... Actually, for in none of these games, there are no spreads or totals released yet. I don't know why, but there aren't. So, there you go. <clears throat> Sixers-Wizards is the first game. This is a back-to-back for Washington. They'll play on Sunday. Um, so, for Philadelphia, I want to watch Tyrese Maxey. I want to see usage distribution. Two absolute monster games against Toronto. One with Embiid, one without Embiid. And then the next game, not so much. So much of what he does appears to be based on efficiency. He's been great with, I think he's at 47% from three, and that is going to come down. But I want to see usage, but I also want to see assists and steals and rebounds. Like, can he keep those things going at a decent level? While I also want to watch the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton, who has been poor and then quite solid the last couple of games. They're sort of dropping PJ Tucker's minutes down a little bit. They're really dropping Daniel House's minutes down, and that's enabling Melton to go from 17 minutes to 21 minutes. 21 minutes to Anthony Melton's probably good enough to hold at the back of your roster. 17 isn't, and they're making that change. So let's see if that sticks. For the Wizards, of course, we know Delon Wright is out. We don't know whether Corey Kispert will play. I, I doubt that he will. But we want to watch Fartin Will Barton, who has played you know, 29, 28, 30 minutes a game and playing more than Denny Avdia, incorrectly in my opinion, but he is doing that. And that's providing at least some fringe value for streaming for a 12-team league because of that role. I also want to watch Kyle Kuzma, who most games has been pretty good. But where does he fit in with the Beal and Porzingis group? Can he continue to be really strong with minutes and usage? I tend to think he can be pretty good, um, but I want to just keep an eye on that and see, because there's been some ups and downs for Kuzma this season, and let's see how the future MVP sits in here. Kings-Hornets, the Kings got their first win over the weekend, leaving only one winless team, the Lakers. Kings and Hornets, um, I want to watch Malik Monk because I cannot for the life of you explain the minutes for him. 25, 26, 13, okay. Um, And that 13 from last game was a game that Sabonis fouled out. And in the past, when they'd limited Sabonis' minutes, they just played small and put Monk out there more. Now, if he's a a 25-minute-a-night player, Malik, then he is a 12-team league option. In 13, of course he isn't. So we want to see, like, what does the minutes look like? Where do they go? Can he get some back? I also watched Demontis Sabonis, who per game or per minute was really good. But he's had some really severe foul problem games. He's had some defensive issue games. And overall, 
his production has been bad. Like, yeah, bad. Like, he hasn't lived up to third-round expectations. Back-end, second-round, I considered him in some spots. He was more of a third-round guy. But he's been really nowhere near that. He is, what, the 54th-ranked player? And I'm a little worried about how it all fits together for him. I think he can turn it around a little bit, though. Well, for the Hornets, ball is out. At the moment, Rogier and Cody Martin are both listed doubtful. And as we know, the official doubtful designation means 25% of chance, 25% chance of playing. In reality, it means less than 10% chance of playing. So we're going to see more Kelly Oubre again, although Oubre has not been a top 150 player in category leagues this year because he scores, but does it on horrendous efficiency with no rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks and low volume threes, which is bad for it. It's like RJ Barrett, but worse. Actually, it's maybe not worse. Maybe it's better. Um, but he's he struggles for category leagues, but he's going to get that another bulk usage minutes opportunity. And then with Rogier and Ball out, most likely out, Den Smith Jr., the big fella, the wood slanger, he's going to get another chance to show that he's actually a pretty solid point guard and he remains a must roster player. That will not last, I don't think, as the season goes on. He'll play 16, 17 minutes a night as Ball's backup, which might actually hurt Rogier because it means Rogier gets fewer minutes as the backup point guard. But Smith absolutely should be playing ahead of Booknight. Um, but for now, he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. We just need to see whether that's able to stick. Paces Nets. Miles Turner should return. He missed last game um, as it was a back-to-back, but he's been ridiculous. His minutes were up second game. He's blocked, what, eight shots, I think it is so far, seven shots in two games. I think he's going to be ridiculous. I think he's going to put up top 30 numbers. And I think if he gets traded, that it's there's no guarantee it drops significantly. He's been great. And then I want to watch Benedict Matherin. Now, Matherin started out really strongly and then had a three or four game stretch of struggling. I went, okay, um, maybe the, the teams are figuring him, not figuring him out, but paying more attention and clamping him down. And then he went bananas and scored, what, 20 odd points and a half. They're not starting him. I don't really think that matters too much. In fact, it might be better for him. It's all going to be about minutes. Like, has he played 25 minutes a night or 31 minutes a night? His value is coming from extreme free throw percentage volume, or three, yeah, volume and, and good percentage, and scoring. He's not doing much in the other areas, and that can be pretty volatile. Because if he stops getting to the line and the usage drops a little bit, then the value tumbles. He still remains a 12-team league guy, but he was great last game. Let's see if he does it again against what is one of the worst defenses in the NBA. For the Nets, we're always going to keep an eye on Benny Simmons, who is starting to get there. Like last game, what do you have? Like it was like nine, nine, and nine with two steals and a block or something like that. And if the field goal percentage, instead of being 40%, is 55%, which is where he's been in his career, then it's like 13, nine, and nine with two steals and a block. And it's basically bang on exactly what you would expect from him. He still doesn't look great out there. He's still, I still don't think he's ever going to get back to his best. Like I don't even think he's going to get close to it at this point. But we're seeing a few more signs. What that is doing, of course, is really impacting Nick Claxton who's not a drop, but it's getting close because it's really hard to play those two together. I also want to see the Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Seth Curry minutes. O'Neal is playing a lot of minutes. Some may say too many. If Royce O'Neal's main reason to be in that starting lineup is defense and he's still one of the worst defenses in the NBA, then maybe he doesn't need to be out there that much. But the two shooting guards, Harris and Curry, are both coming off off off-season surgeries. They're both back. So let's see how Curry is used, how Harris is used, how O'Neal is used, and how this minutes distribution trends through the, this game and the rest of the season. TJ Warren's out, of course. Uh, he is 
real close to being like he who should not be named from Orlando. Like you got you broke your foot two years ago, mate. What's going on? Um, Aaron Neesmith is questionable. They started Duarte over Neesmith when with Neesmith out last game, and then TJ McConnell with him out. That yeah, the fact that Neesmith and McConnell out also did help Matherin and Duarte last game. And it helped Andrew Nembhard as well to get some extra minutes. You don't need help, though, to know who the number one source is for all your betting info this season for football and the start of the NBA season because it's betonline.net. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game straight over there at the big old betonline.net. It's your continued source for sports wagering information. It also has live up-to-the-minute scores and live betting. So, go and have a look. What about Monday Night Football? What game do we have on for Monday Night Football? If I can have a look. There we go. Bengals-Browns. The Battle of Ohio. The Bengals are three-point favorites. And you can check that out, as well as all of the odds for college football and NBA, over at betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to keep up-to-date on your favorite sports. The World Series, the NHL start of the season, MMA, boxing, disc golf, maybe, but actually regular golf as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. After you've listened to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, check out Locked On Sports today. All the biggest stories in sports in a quick little recap show. You can find it wherever you get podcasts and it's on YouTube as well. Locked On Sports today. Hawks Raptors. The last two games for John Collins have not been good. He started out absolutely on fire and then has dropped away significantly. The usage was like invisible last game. Is this the new reality for the Baptist? We want to watch that because it was weird to see him playing 35, 36 minutes a night and dominating like that. And then the last two, it's really dropped off. But what has also happened, weirdly, is Aaron Holiday's minutes in production have jumped up. Now, I don't really know why, and I don't really expect that to stick when Bogdan Bogdanovich eventually returns. He is still out here, by the way. Um, but why is Aaron Holiday pushing up this much? I just want them to give these minutes to AJ Griffin, but they're giving them to Aaron and deeper leagues. You want to just pay a little bit of attention to that. For the Raptors, Otto Porter will be out with personal reasons. We hope he's okay. Chris Boucher played 22 minutes last game, while Precious Achua played like 15. I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. Um, I don't believe Boucher is a 12-team league guy. I'm not, not even close to believing he's a 12-team league guy. Um, but he's at least streamable. And I know people will love it. Oh, look at the permanent numbers. I just don't think there's any path for him to be close to a top 120 guy. I don't think it's there. I also want to watch Gary Trent because Gary Trent is a player that I have notoriously been down on because I just, I've always looked at him in the past before last year. What do you do? Like you score inefficiently, but really that's it. And then last year he brought to the table, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to average the most steals in the NBA, 1.8. And what I said coming into this season, I go, I don't like Gary Trent at pick 92 or wherever he was going. I'm, I'm not sure because what if the steals don't stick? Well, he's at 1.3 steals this season. He's still scoring 19 points a game, which has value on itself. But he, yeah, And he's shooting better than last season at 44. But he's also only at 69 from the line, Giggity. He's only at two rebounds. He gets one assist. What was driving his value was steals. And they're not there. I think they can come back to a degree higher than 1.3. But... He's not a top 100 player this season. So let's see, do the steals start to come back? Because steals, as I said a million times, they are the most volatile category. Year to year, week to week, and probably game to game. And when your value is tied into that one category, you've got such a broad range of outcomes. Let's go on to the next one. It is the Pistons and the Bucks. It is a back-to-back for Detroit. I want to watch Kate Cunningham. 
My name is Richie Cunningham. Like, I want to watch him on Sunday as well. Um, but I want to watch him here. Like, how does his minutes usage ball handling look next to Jaden Ivey? Has he reestablished himself as that number one guy after a few weird games to start the season? I've been pretty impressed with Kay the last two to three performances. And then we're always on backup center watch here, it appears. Jalen Duran. I am getting to the stage with Duran where I'm looking at it and going, I don't think it's going to happen. Not because it shouldn't, but because Dwayne Casey's a terrible coach. Because I am absolutely shit scared that Marvin Bagley's going to come back and he's going to take Duran's minutes. And at the moment, Duran can't even get... Like, he's getting 21 a night, which is absolutely fine. And I, I would still hold him. But I want to see a game where he plays 25 and he takes over some Stewart minutes. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to intently watch, hoping for it. I just don't think it's going to happen. For the Bucks, Bob Portis. He's been pretty good. Been pretty good. I think it's helping him that Middleton is out. There might be a little bit of a sell high here for Portis. But let's see, like, is he a 27-minute guy? Is he a 23-minute guy in this situation? Of course, we want to watch Lopez because he's blocking every shot in the world. But I also want to watch Grayson Allen, who, let's be fair, has been dreadful. His whole career. But definitely this season. He's been really bad. Now, he still remains a streamer because there is 30-minute upside. There's 15.33 upside. And you can't really find that on the waiver wire in many places. And he is available in many places. But do something, mate. Like, give me something. And he's not. He's in that group of those scoring three-point shooting shooting guards. He's at the, the ass end of it. Behind you, Malik Beasley's and Kevin Herter's and Terrence Ross's and that. But the opportunity is there. Burks remains out, Middleton's out, Bagley's out, Paddy Connaughton also remains sidelined for Milwaukee. Let's go Grizzlies and Jazz is the next game. Dylan Brooks had a good game last time. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that he had a good game. I'm also not afraid to say that he had shocking games, the ones prior to that. But the shots went in, and that was without Ja Morant. Now, I don't know if Morant's going to play. He's currently listed questionable um, for that game. By the way, Seth Curry just appearing on the injury report is questionable with the ankle issue. Woof. Um, yeah, Miranda had that illness. LaRavia missed last game as well. So does Brooks go, look at me. I scored 20-odd. I shot 60%. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the captain now. And does he start hijacking the offense again if Morant plays? That's what we want to watch. Because bad Dylan Brooks is the worst player to watch in the NBA. In fact, Dylan Brooks might be... Um, I'm watching Santi Aldama as well, who is trending towards a drop. I don't have any problem with holding him, but if we're looking long-term, in four weeks' time, he's probably not going to be even worth discuss discussing as a hold. That's when I think Jaron will return. So we just want to see what his production looks like. For the Jazz, last game, we got 20 points out of Colin Sexton. He started in place of Mike Conley. I expect Conley to return here. So what does Sexton's role look like? Does he go back to a 17-minute-a-night bench role behind Conley? Does he start playing the two at all? He's a tough hold, Sexton, because, again, all he's been doing is playing as a point guard, either a backup point guard, and the one game he had was starting in place of Conley. And what I think, while it was a good game, I think it's actually a little bit of a negative, that game from Sexton, because what it does show is that his low minutes have nothing to do with his knee injury. It wasn't a ramp-up. It wasn't them you know, taking it easy. It was the fact that they didn't want to play him. Because as soon as Conley went out, he played 32 minutes, 33 minutes. And I don't think it coincidentally his minutes restriction got lifted just so he could play those minutes in that game. I, I think that there, while it's great to see, I think there is 
a bit of a negative there that it's not an injury thing and it literally is going to take a Conley absence through injury or trade for Sexton to hit that value. Now, you can hold and wait for that, but there's no guarantee it happens at all. And you might be sitting on a 17-minute-a-night reserve through till March. That's possible. I also want to watch Jared Vanderbilt Park. Can this bloke stop fouling for once? He's been really solid. I think some of his value gets overstated at times, but a good rebound guy, good steal guy, good field goal percentage guy usually. Chucks in some threes occasionally. Occasionally, He's doing a bit more of that. And some interesting block numbers have been... They've been there. Um, as I said, Jaron's out, is out, and then Morant, LaRavia, Kessler, Gay, they're all questionable heading into this game. Rockets and the Clippers. Both of these teams are on a back-to-back. Eric Gordon sat out Sunday, so he should return. So how do they work Gordon? Uh, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. KJ Martin, Tari preseason. How do the minutes all look here? Gordon is at least a 12 or 14-team streamer, maybe even 12. Who's pro- they're just pumping minutes into him. And then KJ Martin's getting more minutes than I think he probably should, but it's happening. So just watch that one. For the Clippers, this is a back-to-back for them. They've already ruled out Kawhi Leonard for both of these games. This situation for Kawhi is really bad. And I'll tell you why, because this is 16 months removed from an ACL injury. 12 months removed from an ACL injury, you're playing, and you're playing 26, 27 minutes a night usually. 14 months removed from an ACL injury, you're playing full minutes. 16 months, you're playing back-to-backs usually and playing full minutes like nothing happened. Right? The fact that we're 16, 17 months removed and there's all this stiffness occurring, this is not a normal situation. So we hope that nothing is going wrong here, but this is not normal. So it means that there's an opportunity here for Norman Powell, who was struggling a lot, but... With Kawhi out, the opportunity is there for him to be a 12-team league guy. I also want to watch John Wall. Not so much that I want to watch John Wall, but does John Wall play? This is a back-to-back. So is he He played Sunday. Is he going to play Monday? And if he's out, then Reggie Jackson's going to have another big opportunity. And Jackson and Powell become very interesting options in that scenario. Um, Jabari Smith is listed questionable. He's listed questionable before Sunday's game. I don't know if he's going to play in Sunday's game, but we need to watch that. As I said, Eric Gordon should return. And Bob Covington is dealing with COVID, so I'm not expecting him to be ready to play. So let's look at some streaming options. The only Monday, Tuesday back-to-back team is the Nets. And you'd expect Seth Curry and Joe Harris to miss one of those games. So yeah, Royce O'Neal really jumps up there. Um, you look at maybe a Paddy Mills. That's pretty rough. Um, you maybe look at an Edmund Sumner for deep leagues. There's not a lot there because you know I expect Harris and Curry don't play both of those games. So that limits their streaming ability. If we're just streaming on Monday, Terrence Mann, Grayson Allen, Reggie Jackson with the expectation that John Wall's out, Denny Avdia and Will Barton in Washington, Javon Carter, Tyus Jones, especially if Jar is out, Tyus becomes an excellent option. And then Boucher is a bit of a streaming option for Monday. For deeper formats, it's Mann, Allen, Avdia, Carter, Isaiah Livers, um, Lil John Concha, what? George Hill, and Dan Gafford. And then in points leagues, we've got Reggie Jackson, Mason Plumlee, Royce O'Neal, Will Barton, Jalen Duran. Terrence Mann, Jalen McDaniels in Charlotte, and Grayson Allen. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, flick the bell, ring it, notify me, notify you, subscribe, red button. That's how we do it. Drop comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.